0: Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your team. On today's episode, Mark Gregston sits down for a conversation with a couple of Heartlight's teens. For the past two decades, Heartlight has become the country's premier residential counseling center and boarding school for struggling teens. Founded in 1998 by Mark Gregson and his wife, Jan, Heartlight is a program that not only modifies behavior, but one that seeks to offer a unique, transformative journey through a relational experience that offers counseling, small group therapy, academics, and activities. We hope you find encouragement as you listen to these stories today.
1: Kaylee, thanks for being a part of the program today. It's it's interesting. I, I for everybody that's listening, I am sitting across from a young lady that that has this brunette hair, brown eyes, and a big smile on her face, and and uh, just a jewel. But you're here at Heartlight. How did you get to Heartlight? What was going on?
2: Um, I have been so sorry. It started, all started freshman year. Yeah, and I was on the volleyball team. I had good grades, and then I felt like I don't know why, but I just wanted to be popular and I wanted to yeah. fit in like everyone else. So I started juuling and like getting into drugs and alcohol. And um, it got to the point where I just couldn't say no. So people would ask me for money and I'd say, yeah. And so I'd give them however much money they wanted and I'd steal my parents' stuff. And wow. um, I'd constantly lie to my parents and they don't trust me anymore. So they just – the smallest thing – they didn't, I would lie to them and they wouldn't believe me. So it just got to the point where I didn't really have a good relationship with them. Yeah. And they didn't have a good relationship with me. But um, they're really good Christians and they really want me to be someone who I used to be because I changed a bunch. Yeah. 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 And so.
1: Okay. How would you describe yourself right beforehand?
2: Um, I was energetic, I was fun. Well, you're crazy. still that. You're still that. Yeah. You're still that. But I was more real. Mm. And even here, I haven't really shown that yet. Wow. Because I feel like I've just had a mask on for the past few months. or So, yeah. To
1: make sure that you look mm-hmm. the part rather than be who you really are?
2: Yeah, because I wanted to fit in.
1: Wow. So you're going back to that fit in thing. Okay, so what yeah. if somebody really saw you for who you are? Would you not fit in anymore or would people like you more because you are genuine?
2: I feel like they'd like me more, but I'm scared of what can happen and what will happen. So I've just...
1: What could happen? What could happen?
2: Honestly, I don't really know, but I just have a fear and I want people to like me because I'm a people pleaser. Yeah. And so people are mad at me or sad or have anything against me. I freak out and I try to fix that. Wow.
1: You know, I mean, it's interesting. You're a people pleaser. And so it must have been tough when you started making choices Mm -hmm. that didn't please your parents. But now you're stuck. I want to please the people I'm with, but I also want to please my parents. What was the pull there? And do you remember the first time that you really blew it and made a poor choice? I mean, how did you feel after that?
2: I felt terrible because yeah. I've never wanted to let my parents down, and I knew that I was. And I thought they didn't know anything, but they knew everything. And so when I found <laughs> that out, I I don't know, it crushed me because I didn't want them thinking that I was this bad person. But, you know,
1: I, I think it's the drive that you have to want to be liked. We all want that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know of anybody that does that wakes up in the morning and goes, yeah, I'd like to not be liked today. I mean everybody wants to have relationships because that's how God created you. Mm-hmm. And so what was it about your relationships that it wasn't working? That you had to start doing the things that you were doing that got you here to have relationships. What what wasn't working anymore the way that you used to be?
2: Honestly, I just I was friends with good Christian people mm-hmm. and I wanted to be friends with everyone. I wanted to be popular. I just wanted, I wanted to be known. So I put on a mask for all the people that like did drugs and all that. So I changed myself. And at church, I was one person. And then I'd go home and I'd be another person. And then I'd go to school and I'd be someone else. So I was constantly changing my personality and the way the people viewed me.
1: Well, that had to be tough Mm -hmm. to try to figure out, okay, who am I today? You know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so did. Did evil win out? Is that kind of what it how it went? Yeah. Isn't that funny? Isn't
2: mm-hmm. that funny?
1: I, the, I mean, the longing for re, for relationships with people, which I think is important. You need that. But but I can't imagine, I mean, just being around you, I can't imagine somebody not liking who you are. Of course, I'm sitting here mm-hmm, going, mm-hmm. okay, who am I seeing? Am I seeing the real Kaylee or am I seeing the, somebody that's trying to please me, you know, So who am I seeing?
2: Um, Right now, the real me, because being here, Mm. I've just noticed that I just need to be real, and I need to be genuine and vulnerable, and that's something that I haven't been in a really long time, but being here, it's just really helped me, and so I've been trying to be the real me lately, and um, I don't worry about what other people think. I just try to be who I need to be.
1: You know, it's interesting you get mad at your parents for sending you here, which is kind of normal. Everybody mm-hmm. does. Who likes to go live in East Texas, you know, after being in school with friends and everything else? But but that's what they want to see. And I don't think they want you to be like you were in 6th grade. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think they just go, "We saw something that we feel like we're losing, and so we're going to do whatever we can to get that back." Mm-hmm. How are your brothers and sisters looking at you?
2: Um I honestly don't really know. I know that they were constantly looking out for me and trying to help me, but I just kept shoving them away. But now my parents tell me that they miss me really yeah. like a lot Yeah, and they can't wait to see me and I can't wait to see them. But I'm just, I'm nervous of how it's going to go because I don't want them to still see me as a disappointment or see me as a messed up kid or anything.
1: I don't think they will. Mm-hmm. I'm anxious to meet them, I, but I don't, I don't think they will. I think... I think that most brothers and sisters even parents begin to realize my child is struggling not because they want to struggle I don't think I don't think people wake up going I'd I'd really like to struggle today I mean I think people are trying to get out of that hole. I don't think they're trying to put themselves into the hole. And so I think they would be very proud of you, Mm -hmm. you know, for what you're doing and stuff.
2: And they said that they're very jealous of the place I'm at.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, they want to live in log cabins. That's what it is. Okay. So let me ask you this. If there's parents out there that have a child that's just like you, what would you tell those parents? How could they do something with their kids to help them now that you're looking at it from a different perspective?
2: Um, I feel like me, my parents never really talked to me a lot. Mm. They tried, but I just shoved them away. Mm. I feel like it's not only your parents' responsibility, but it's yours. You both have to be willing to mm-hmm. want a relationship and try to reach out for your kids. And
1: Do you think the reason you pushed your parents away— is because if you kept them close, you would feel guilty about mm-hmm. what you were doing.
2: Yeah, I didn't want them to know anything.
1: Yeah, and so that's where you 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 lie to them basically because you really want to have the relationship, mm-hmm. you know. And so you learned that well, if I just lie, then then I can still have the relationship. It's like you're spinning plates or juggling everything all mm-hmm. at once, and eventually it's going to fall down. So yeah. Wow. So what do you think your dad would tell you right now?
2: Um. That he loves me and no matter how much I messed up or what I did, he still has a ton of love for me and he'll yeah. never stop loving me no matter what. He's just trying to get the help that I need.
1: Yeah, yeah. And what would your mom say?
2: The same thing that I mean, she they always will love me. Yeah. And that'll never change. It's just they wanna get me help. And That's so That's cool. That's yeah. cool.
1: Well, I know they're proud of you. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm proud of you. And uh I just hope that the smile that I see on your face <laughs> is truly what's in your heart right now. And and I, I think I'm always going to be asking you that question, is that who are you today? Are you the real Kaylee? Or are you trying to butter up somebody and to look better? But thank you so much for being on the program. Thank you. I, I know there's parents out there that go on, that's my kid. Mm-hmm. That's my kid. My kid's doing the same thing. And so I think you've been real helpful.
0: Dads, you love your teens, and you're doing everything to show them, but sometimes it still doesn't feel like enough. You're busy and short on time, sacrificing a lot as it is, but you still feel like you run out of time for what really matters. A Devotional for Dads is the perfect book to help remind dads of life's biggest priorities and help them show their wives and kids how much they really matter. A Devotional for Dads is full of short, poignant, thought-provoking devotionals that give a biblical perspective of who a dad is supposed to be. It's more than just advice. It's a reminder of just how important dad's role really is and how much he matters. Get your copy of a devotional for dads at ParentingTeenResources.org either for yourself or as a gift for the dad in your life who loves and cherishes his kids.
1: Anna Grace, thank you so much for coming and sitting down with me. <laughs> of course. How are you? I'm good. Good, good, good. Tell me a little bit about yourself. I, You know, other than you were adopted from Russia, yeah. and so here you are in East Texas. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and when you think about that from a long time, that's a long time ago. That's an, on the other side of the world.
3: Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, when you, do you think about that a lot?
3: Yeah. Um, honestly, there's probably not a day that goes by that I don't think about my birth mom. Wow. Yeah, she probably—I mean, whether I know it or not, she probably affects, like, my day-to-day decisions, you know, and especially, like, recently just learning how to think long-term, you know?
1: Yeah.
3: It's been really important to, like, remember— the mistakes that she made affected my life. And, like, I—not even, like, having a kid, mistakes, but just, like, these mistakes that I can make can affect, yeah. like, the rest of my life or somebody else's life.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: But I think about it all the time.
1: I mean, does is, is—I mean, I'm not adopted. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm adopted into the family of God, but I'm not— Right. I'm not adopted with my family here. But, but, you know, when you think about that, that, that you were born on the other side of the world— I mean, because where were you from?
3: Uh, Vladivostok.
1: Vladivostok. Yeah. And what is your? What was your Russian name?
3: Um, Karena Rozhatovna Ibragimovich.
1: Okay, I just love hearing you say <laughs> that. I I have no idea what you yeah. just said, but when you think it's a, it's another world, and mm-hmm. and yet you were chosen. Somebody chose you and yeah. said, "Come, come with us." I mean, how does that how does that affect your mind when you think about it?
3: Um. In all honesty, growing up, it had a terrible effect on me because I think the way that I saw it was not as chosen. It was abandoned Mm -hmm. and rejected. And so, like, the way that I'm seeing it now is really that um, I was loved enough by my birth mom that she kept me because knowing um, what I've learned, like, about Russia and Russian culture is that keeping a baby is not normal. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that my mom kept me and she kept me pretty healthy. Um, so when I was born, I mean, I was itty bitty, but I wow. was still um, kept it is insane. And then to know growing up, like now I was chosen by my um, adopted parents and yeah. they went out of their way, flew thousands of miles to some random place in Russia to get two babies it is insane to me. Like I can't yeah, believe that yeah. somebody would do that for me, you know?
1: Yeah. It's a story that you go, it's I mean it just it's weird. It it's is. It's wonderful. It's wonderfully weird. Yeah. But, but it's just so different. Do you think that had anything to do with you getting to Heartlight?
3: Um yes, I do. Because for me, um one of the things I fear most is definitely rejection and mm. abandonment. And so when, gosh, when I, so I got into middle school and that's really the age where at my school it was kind of like either you're popular and you have friends or you're literally nobody. Mm. And I have never really cared that much about being popular or being super liked. I always just wanted to be friends with everybody. Yeah. And at my school that was never accepted. You mm. were somebody or you weren't. And there was no in between like I wanted it to be. Yeah. So... I was very rejected, and um, that led me into a cycle of, okay, well, if my friends won't accept me, then, like, what can I get accepted by? And it was me turning to alcohol, me turning to smoking, and me turning to boys. Yeah. And because I figured out that I can make people very happy in those parts of my life, and I won't be rejected. Wow. And so So your that- motivation
1: for the behavior— was really to fulfill something that had been created in you mm-hmm. to be in relationship with people, right? Isn't that funny? A I mean, bit. It, I mean, it, you go, I'm doing things, but the motivation is still the same. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to be liked and loved, right? And, and wants to be included, and so, I mean, I I get it, I understand it.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. So with that, I figured out, like, that's where, like, people won't reject me. Yeah. And I'd already been rejected by my mom, and then I was rejected by people at school. Um, and I was like, I need somebody to make me feel accepted. And I found that, and then it became very obvious that I was doing something very wrong.
1: Yeah. When so. did you realize that? that, that you were going, okay, this is wrong. This yeah. is, I shouldn't <laughs> be doing this. Or did you ever go, wait a minute. I'm going to get pregnant and end up in the same position that my birth mom. Did, you ever, did that ever cross your mind? It did.
3: Probably roughly this time last year. Wow. Um, I really sat there and I was like, I threw my life away. And I think I was just so far down into a hole that I was like, you know what? Whatever, you know? Because like the way, I think the biggest thing that started going down for me is my self-worth. Wow. And I just kind of let it. And there was like, I didn't think of myself worthy enough to like change or to fix anything I was like if really if God let me get here then like if he cares enough then he'll seek me out to bring me out of it yeah and little did I know
1: wow he had plans Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but isn't it funny that you think that and it goes back to that what I said earlier that you were chosen but you said yeah, but I didn't look at it that way. I was also abandoned, mm-hmm. and so that—that's been kind of a fear that you've lived in your life for a long time. And so you're almost responding to something that that somebody else did to you. Yeah, and that's not really you. Mm-hmm. So, do you think it's a, a challenge to try to figure out who I am?
3: Yeah, that's in the midst of all this, definitely. Recently, like through my program, what I've been talking about with my counselor is. I put up this facade of somebody who was energetic and happy and I am, but it was just always like that, you know, it was very emotionless and very performing. And so it's like, okay, so I need to figure out who I am because Mm. I had a really like long talk with my parents and it ended in me apologizing because I never let them know me. And it was, (laughs) but it's hard to let
1: somebody know you when you don't know you.
3: Exactly. I I didn't even know like the, Part that I was giving to them was, I'm always okay, and I'm the perfect missionary kid, and I'm okay, and I'm happy, and I have it together, and that wasn't true.
1: But then you turn twelve and thirteen, and you start to think differently, right? And, and now it's okay. Now I'm now I'm not that. Yeah, it's. Viral. And yet I'm still acting like that, but I'm not that. So now you're living a lie. Yeah. And confused about that, I I can understand why people would. Start doing some things to get their mind off of that, right? So they don't have to live there all the time. Now I think that's a tough spot for you to be in.
3: <laughs> definitely, you know, yeah.
1: So where have you kind? I mean, it, it, your relationship with your parents good?
3: Yeah, it is. Yeah.
1: So, so do you see yourself changing?
3: I do. It's I mean, you're not the same crazy. kid that got
1: here. You were kind of this flighty, lost person. Yeah, and, definitely. And, and, and you know, you're not. You don't appear to be like that now.
3: Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing, and it's only very recently that I kind of noticed how much I'd changed, but it was really like, I've always just grown up, like hearing songs about being chosen and being run after and just like the way I grew up with my parents being missionaries. And it really recently hit me, like I'm actually chosen and I'm like not forsaken and that's the way I need to see myself because people can tell me time and time and time again, no, you're chosen and you're loved and you're sought after. But when I started believing that, it was like, wait, somebody does love me and I'm worthy of love and I'm lovable. And like, I don't need to hold this standard that don't get close to me because I'm scared you're going to leave. It's, No, there are people who sought thousands of miles to come love me. I need to let them in. And there are people, especially here, that have spent endless hours with me trying to dissect every Mm. part of me. And I need to let them in too. So, I don't know. When I noticed that, I was like, wow. (laughs) Wow. There's no reason for me to be sad. There's no reason for me to want to be alone anymore. Like, why would you want to be alone if you're this loved? Yeah, wow.
1: Well that's a great place to end this conversation. Yeah. I think that's a wonderful statement. Thank you so much for being a part. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you're just wonderful. You're you're just this this ray of sunshine coming <laughs> in here. Thank you so much. Ann yeah, Grace. of course. You bet.
0: Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens.